Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. The Green Solution has 17 Colorado locations and an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone, go to mygreensolution.com or use their app and get your flower, edible, and concentrates and anything else you need. Make sure you use the code DNVR20 at checkout. Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curves from mile high. The best part of the weekend, hugging the perfect stranger as they become a friend, having a good time when the orange and blue WIN. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Make sure you use that code DNVR20 at checkout to get 20% off your shipment of Strava Craft Coffee. Well, RK and Mace here with you today. And first and foremost, we're thinking of Zach, uh, mm-hmm. who had a tough day yesterday. And um, we'll, we're hoping that he'll be back on the podcast as soon as possible. But it is a dark dark time in the world mace but also in our little world which is the sporting world um i mean just left and right everything is being canceled it's kind of eerie looking at the bottom line on espn right now because they're scrolling through games and none of these games are going to happen because as we've learned this morning all of it's going to be canceled the nfl is now being impacted even in its off season um and you know, you're a lot like me in the sense that when you get home at night, you turn on sports. And I think our, night. our listeners, a lot of them are are like us in that way. And so we're about to enter a very weird time for us. And obviously, there are much uh, greater implications on a global rounds one and two. You know, it's from a personal perspective, I. I live in the sports bubble, and so usually until something comes into my little sports bubble, it it doesn't feel like a big deal to me, and that's naive in a lot of cases, but now like this just became so real for me, and I feel like there's probably a lot of our listeners who feel the same way of our our little sports world has now been extremely, extremely disrupted. Well, I don't want to make the 9-11 comparison in general, but the last time there was this sort of disruption to the sports world was in the wake of 9-11, and I remember uh, working on the official league site at the time as an editor on the desk and waiting for word that the games that weekend were going to be canceled, and the NFL kind of held out for a couple of days, taking the temperature on things before they elected to postpone week two and move those games 
to the end of the regular season. So basically, week two, in effect, became a week 18 that year. Um, the difference between that and this, in terms of the, of the sports impact, is with that, there was a pretty well-regarded well endpoint. We knew that okay, this is going to shut down, but it's going to restart here in not too long. In the end, it was basically anywhere from six days to 12 days that the various leagues shut down before restarting. We don't really know what the end point is going to be here. It could be a few weeks. MLS has suspended its season for 30 days. So it could be a few weeks could be months that we're talking about, uh, depending on uh, what happens in terms of the spread of coronavirus and uh, what the restrictions on mass events do to help prevent the spread of coronavirus. I mean, that's the thing. It's, this is all about trying to contain this. So there are two primary items in, in the playbook. If you don't have a straight-out vaccine for containing the spread of a virus, and that is quarantine and keeping people from gathering together en masse. So it, the way it's worked out, it ultimately doesn't surprise me. It was just the swiftness at which everything came down. I feel like there was that 60-minute period last night starting with the Jazz Thunder postponement and ending with the word that the NBA was suspending its season and in between those two things, you had the president speaking on coronavirus, talking about uh, shutting down travel coming from continental Europe, and then Tom Hanks tweeting out, oh, my wife and I have coronavirus. It felt like in 60 minutes, in a lot of ways, the world changed. Because if unless you're 102 years old or more, you don't know what dealing with this is like dealing with a pandemic and it really did i mean even just from our sports perspective again which is often my perspective it will always call this the coronavirus season or something along those lines you know you always talk about oh the strike season or you know the xyz um we, we always remember you know the season of 9-11 we don't call that the 9-11 season for obvious reasons but and i feel like that hour where everything kind of really accelerated that's going to be a where were you when it happened moment. We're going to remember exactly where we were when we heard like rat-a-tat-tat that they're shutting down a travel coming across the, the ocean, that the, you know, the NBA is, is suspending its season. If, and that it's also part of the prevalence and power of sports in our society that it was, a, it was the NBA that really feels like it was it, kind of the epicenter of people realizing if they weren't realizing it already, people finally coming to the, to the understanding that this is serious. This is not something that's some sort of media hoax or, you know, being overblown. This is serious. And everything happened so fast that I was looking at the front page of ESPN.com today and in their headlines on the side of the page so much had happened that the NCAA tournament announcing yesterday afternoon 
that it would be played in closed arenas, that wasn't even on the front page anymore. So much other stuff has gone down, and you'd have to imagine, I mean, as of right now, the NCAA tournament is on, but you'd have to imagine that may well be next because as we're recording this, virtually every conference basketball tournament has been canceled except the Big East. It's kind of bizarre to see what's going on. And on the TV here, we have what might be the last major sporting event we see in this country for a while. It's it's hard to fathom. Um, the speed at which things happen is hard to fathom. Um, just yesterday, I mean, I, I woke up feeling like there's just no way they cancel everything. You know, like it'll be played. Well, even like as of late yesterday afternoon, based on the series of Woj bombs that we see on Twitter, it seemed like the NBA was leaning in the direction of closed arenas and continuing its season. And then everything goes down in OKC. We hear about Rudy Gobert. Now Donovan Mitchell has tested positive for coronavirus. And, and, and Donovan Mitchell was at a high school yesterday in Oklahoma City. And, you start, and now you start reali- realizing this is how these things spread. Yeah, and it's interesting to me that only Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert got it from the uh, Jazz. It sounds like mm-hmm. they're the only ones. Mm-hmm. After all the testing, which to me is kind of crazy because I, you know, you're living in this world where you don't touch a doorknob and you wash your hands every chance you get. How many times did you wash your hands or use sanitizer yesterday? 50. I, yeah, I count. I counted 48. Yeah. So 48 times yesterday. I mean, before you go to the bathroom, after you go to the bathroom, uh, every, every like someone shook my hand and I was like shaking in my you know not literally but i was like oh god just in my head i'm like when's the next time i can wash my hands and obviously as soon as they walked away i moseyed over to the bathroom and washed my hands but it's like it's so weird but in the same accord these guys are practicing sweating all over Mm -hmm. each other bumping into each other uh slapping five sharing a locker room Mm -hmm. and only two guys got it and so maybe that tells you that okay well peak athletes, people in great condition have a chance to fight it off before it can even hit them. Or hopefully it reveals that there were people who were taking this seriously and that everyone washing their hands and everyone using hand sanitizer like mad in ways that we haven't done before, that maybe it's working and we don't yet know that it's working because we're seeing the not because you have a two-week incubation period potentially and you've and we're seeing the numbers rise but maybe and it's trying to be optimistic here maybe we've already seen that there will there will be positive effects but of of these things but at the same time you know it's just it's going to reach into into other areas so they tested everybody on the jazz presumably right yes staff Okay. Um, like media. Um, well, the media is worried because Rudy Gobert was touching everybody's microphones. Dude. <laughs> like, I shouldn't laugh because, because it was unbel- really irresp- irresponsible on his part. It's just unbelievable. And you know what? The truth is that if he didn't 
test positive for, for it, no one would have ever thought anything of that moment. It would have just been kind of another goofy thing that people do in these times to try and create levity. But looking back on it, it's just so idiotic. And the way you could look at it, Mace, is one of two ways. One, he already had it, and then he spread his hands all over those people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Or two, he was dumb enough to do that, and someone whose recorder was up there is the one who gave it to him, and, and it's his fault for getting it for doing that. Mm. Or maybe it's you know neither, and hopefully all those people whose phones were up there you know disinfected them after he touched them, but... It is crazy. It does feel like you you can't touch a doorknob, and then and then all of a sudden the the jazz seem to have largely dodged it. Um, mm-hmm. hope, like you said, maybe it's just by taking the right steps. Um, but I do want to talk about how this is going to impact the NFL. I just saw it come down from Adam Schefter, who said the NFL, as it stands, has no plans to delay the start of the league year. Let's see what happens in the next couple of days because here's what you have right now. You have at Schefter reporting earlier today that multiple NFL teams are talking about shutting down their training facilities due to coronavirus. Now, I reached, you know, reached out to the Broncos yesterday, and I heard that one thing that they've done, they've stepped up cleanings of the facility there you know have they have more hand sanitization stations around both the facility and the stadium stepped up cleaning at the stadium as well and as of yesterday their plan was to continue with business as normal but that was before the nba suspended its season that was before rudy gobert so it's changing so fast and I made the 9-11 illusion earlier, and there was a thought for a while that week that the NFL was going to go ahead and play games that Sunday after 9-11, in part because the NFL did play two days after John F. Kennedy was assassinated, and that was the event that people looked back on and said, well, maybe we can play this weekend, but then it became apparent that nobody wanted to play. You presume that the business of football could go on even if people aren't at the the facilities. The legal tampering period, for example, basically means that a lot of deals are agreed to even before the player walks in the facility. So you can do a good amount of this stuff remotely even if you've shut down the facility. What pro football talk made and why I put a poll out very early this morning asking if you think the league year should be uh, delayed a little bit and free agency should be delayed a little bit we're trying to figure out what this new normal is going to look like. And it's very much a crisis, a societal crisis at this point. And in the backdrop of all that, are we really going to want to be focused on where Tom Brady's going to end up? Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I, you know, I feel differently about this Mason and I wanted to get to this point. And so I guess I'll just go to it now. What is in in a time where sports are going to be taken out of a lot of people's lives? You know, some people use sports to deal with their stress of their daily life. They deal with sports to deal with their anxieties. 
And I just, I was thinking this morning, first thing when I woke up, Mace, that our community is is built for this. Uh, our community, we have already been there for each other in so many different ways. We, we already have the people reaching out and saying, hey, you know, I was going through a tough time and you guys really helped me through that. And I, and I was thinking this morning, man, never before have we all needed each other as much as we are going to be through this, not just for the, the reason of it being a scary time, but also for the fact that of entertainment, you know, that that's our goal on this podcast every single day is to entertain you. And usually they're not as um, deep and, and, you know, um, full hearted as this one is. But, you know, when we wake up, when we wake up and we sit down on this podcast, our goal is, you know, give the people something to laugh Mm -hmm. about, give the people some information that might be interesting to them. And so I just wanted to say that no matter where this goes, no matter how many sports are canceled, no matter what they, what could possibly happen in this dark, dark time in our world, we're going to be here. We're going to be here every day talking about sports, talking about the Broncos, how whatever happening is impacting them, talking about food, cracking jokes. Maybe we pick a, a series that we all watch on TV. We'll talk about that no matter what happens we will be here because that's what we do on this podcast. We're here for each other. We're here every day. And we talk through whatever is going on. Well, when's the next Bachelor? Because if there are no Source sporting subject. events on, it's ironic. I, not that I really want to sit down and watch <laughs> The Bachelor, but I actually have time to watch The Bachelor because a big thing for me is just the way my interests roam. I'd always rather watch a game. Yeah. I'm doesn't any sport doesn't doesn't matter who's playing what's going on I've I, I like having a game on and it's it's gonna be I mean I don't mean to to, to not uh, lose sight of the bigger picture here but it's gonna be bizarre not for a while not having anything to turn on there's one day in a in a normal calendar year in which there isn't a sporting event it's the day they do the ESPYs. And the day after the All-Star game. And even then, in the last couple of years, there have been MLS games mm-hmm. on that day. So yeah, that's not smart. even completely – Yeah. That's not even completely a, a day. So usually every single day of the year, there's something you can watch from a sporting perspective. And like e- you said – Even Christmas Eve, there's usually the bowl game out in Hawaii. Right. And some years the NFL. So it's going to be crazy, but – the one thing I can promise is there's, n- mm-hmm. there's no way that we're not going to find a way to podcast. You know, we just to give you guys full disclosure. In a in a, we've already discussed in a world in which people aren't even allowed to leave their houses. We're still going to podcast. We're still going to podcast because, because- I, I was thinking about this. It it can be as simple as one of us driving it and putting another mic up to. Well, there's a phone. Yeah, we have technology. We have yeah. a software that allows us to both be on the podcast at the same time, yeah. so we don't have to worry about that. But like, I, but we, we can do it. It's it's it's, it's going to go on. We and will find a way. Yes, we will always find a way. Even if one of us is self quarantining, God forbid, we'll we can, that that person's going to join the podcast. Yeah, so we will find a way, <laughs> yeah. no matter what. We're going to create content for you, no matter what. We're 
going to try and entertain you no matter what in a time where entertainment is going to be at a premium. If the NFL does decide to reverse course and put things on pause, this may be a time to uh, start working on those alternate history what-if pieces. Exactly. We're going to find stuff to talk about, stuff to produce. Because even if there are no games, I think there's still a need for a distract a distraction once things settle down. Right now everything's going coming so fast and we're dealing with the fallout. It feels like a sporting event might be kind of too much. Or like I say, like I'm not sure that focusing on Tom Brady next and where he goes a week from now, I, I'm not sure that we might be at a point where that's appropriate. But a week or two after that, absolutely. So it's going to go on. The world, the world will have to go on. Yep. And we will make sure to be there with you every step of the way. Um, and, and we, we will get creative with it. And one thing that we're really blessed by Mace is that we work with a group of people that is the most innovative, creative, um, special, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I'm being uh, biased here in the country and in, in our field, in my opinion. So we will innovate, we will create, we will be there. We'll have and some, and we'll try to have some fun. Um, because ultimately everything's going to settle down and uh, this might, the coronavirus might be just a, a drum beat in the background, but it doesn't mean we're not going to be able to laugh and have some fun about this. It doesn't, doesn't nothing feels funny today. Doesn't mean that a couple weeks from now it's going to be that way. As for the Broncos and, and how this would impact them, I assume that what the NFL is going to say is that they're going to conduct free agency and the start of the new league year in a way that is just 100% digital, meaning there won't be in-person meetings. Mm -hmm. You'll do things via Skype, via FaceTime, whatever. You'll fax in contracts. No introductory press conference. Yeah. Probably just a conference call. Teleconference. And that's going to be it. So, in a sense... Hopefully that happens because I don't think it puts anyone at, at risk. Um, it allows us to – it would be weird. I mean, and here's the other thing, Mace. The NFL is going to cherish the opportunity to have a wide-open stage for their new league year. It's cynical, but don't think that hasn't been discussed somewhere in some corridor can you imagine the, the offices on Park Avenue. Can you can you imagine the ratings on NFL Network and in all those places when they're doing like the live free agency shows? Yeah, but there's no there's no March Madness, there's no NFL, there's no MLB or no NHL. Yeah, and NHL hasn't canceled yet, but we probably by the time you've heard this, they have. The NHL, we always assume they're going to do what the NBA does on something like this. It's just sort of the nature of it. Gary Bettman is an old NBA guy, so. And there, so that's that's one reason why we figure that they're going to follow suit. But yeah, the the ratings will go through the roof, even though there won't be that big moment of the player holding up a jersey uh, in front of a phalanx of of cameras and media. I don't think they're going to uh, want all the media gathering at the uh, the facilities. And even if teams close their facilities, like you say, they, you can do it through faxes, you can do it through remote communication. A lot of people are going to be working remotely now, anyway. So, in theory, you could conduct the business. I just don't. I just don't know if it's something that at this time next week we're going to be ready to 
we're all going to be ready as a society to focus on. Yeah, we're actually watching on TV right now because the, with the ACC tournament, one of the ones that was canceled, they handed Florida State, the players that just warmed up for the game, they handed them the trophy. <laughs> because they're what? the – okay, well, the, the way the ACC does it, you can you win the regular season and you can celebrate that, but the only team that gets a trophy is the tournament winner. Right. So, so with no tournament – that's your that's your official champion. Thus, they went ahead and gave FSU the trophy. It's just so awkward. Like the players were just like half smiling. Yes. Um, <laughs> it is so odd that there is a game on TV right now. Yeah. We are watching St. John's and Creighton play a real live <laughs> basketball game. And Mace, I have to ask you, what is the point of this game? It's not um, the revenue of the stadium or anything like that no what is this game what is its purpose it has no purpose at this point they're playing an exhibition in a game in a time where people are canceling real games that count for something unless they just they've somehow decided oh well we're gonna be the outlier and play the entire tournament but i highly doubt that's the case i would imagine rk that they may play this game out and then say, that's it. So literally, the reason to play is just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Look, you could say, oh, well, they may have the NCAA tournament and uh, St. John's could go on a run and, uh, and steal a bid, but you're probably not going to play the rest of this tournament that's anyway. What I mean. there's, there's, no, no. there's no way the Big East is just going to be the outlier and play the tournament when everyone else isn't. This is just, it, it's it's bizarre. I, I I'm I almost feel bad for the players that they're like having to not for the not for the risk of getting the virus from playing this game, but I just they're you know injuries and all that stuff like they're playing a meaningless game. Well, literally, I was just it just hit me while you were talking. It's not a reason to play, but it's something that I'm thinking about because I'm seeing you're seeing guys they're they're fighting for loose balls. They're playing as hard as they ever would. If there's no NCAA tournament, no NIT, for the seniors in this game, it could be the last time they play basketball competitively. That's true. That is true. And I know it's a little bit sentimental, but maybe that's a reason to play. At least this I game, guess. you've already started the game. You might as well finish it, and then if the decision comes down after, the decision comes down after. Yeah, that's going to be a hard thing for... Their coach to tell them at halftime if he hasn't already spoken to them about this, but previously is, you know, guys, I don't want to live in this world, but we this could be your last game ever, even yeah. if we win. Yeah, because you, that's part of it. Just the, it's the nature of college sports as well that you know, you, you've got a lot of guys that aren't going on to the next level or any kind of next level. I mean, this is I would assume, for some guys this isn't it, and certainly on the season this isn't it, and it's. It's actually if if the NCAA tournament cancels, it's an it. I was joking with um, a friend last night. I follow North Carolina basketball very closely, as a lot of you know, and they went through their worst season in 18 years this year. And it would be borderline hilarious if it ended up not mattering one iota. The year that didn't count anyway. Basically, yeah, the year that you couldn't win at all because there was no tournament. Yeah. Maybe back in the days before the NCAA tournament, by the way, there was a group called the Helms Foundation. It went back through 
years prior to the NCAA tournament and retroactively chose the best team from that year to be a de facto national champion. So like North Carolina, for example, claims a 1924 national championship retroactively bestowed on it by the Helms Foundation. So maybe there's going to be something similar that bestows a national championship on some team this year. I was wondering. Congratulations, that. Baylor. Are they going to give the number one team in the country? Are they going to give them a trophy the same way that the number one team in the ACC just got a trophy? Um, is that Kansas? Was it Kansas or Baylor? Yeah, one of the. T- I think Kansas right now. Yeah. Well, Kansas was was going to. I think Kansas was going to be the number one overall seed. Yeah. I don't know if they're ranked number one in the country. Maybe they can. Maybe the selection committee gets together on Sunday because I do believe because they choose. They do choose teams based. Right. Uh, on rec- they do the seed line, and so we know that there is uh, a number one seed, and maybe what will happen is they will choose a field and not play. Kind of so, like it, some have suggested choosing pro bowlers just so players can have that incentive but not actually playing the game because the game itself is useless. I'll be honest, it'd be nice for the Buffs now, Henry said what we were all thinking last night, which is if they don't play the NCAA tournament, they're taking mercy on the Buffs <laughs> because they are in the funk of all funks right now. Oh, my gosh. I, 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 it's been a long time since I've seen a, a very good team meltdown like this. It is unbelievable. In the last three I mean, weeks of a season. Deshaun Schwartz, who was their third best player for a short period of time this year, can't make a free throw. He was 0 for 4 from the line last night. We're talking about a guy who's normally a reliable free throw shooter. It's like uh, Space Jam, which my uh, wife and I introduced our daughter to this week, and she absolutely loved. That's awesome. I had some Velcro light-up Space Jam shoes when I was a kid. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. They were sick. My daughter, she's into those who who was, who is books. You've heard of them? No. Okay. They're basically these books that introduce you to a topic or a person. Like, So who was Abraham Lincoln? Who was George Washington? Well, she picked out who is Michael Jordan and read it. And so now she's a huge Michael Jordan fan. I told her about Space Jam and watched that. And she's, you know, she's completely, completely, and she loves Bugs Bunny and those things anyway. But yeah, she's completely, she's completely over the moon. So Space Jam is now a big part of our house. You've raised her right, Mace. I I told my wife, someone's going to tell us this, (laughs) that we're raising Charlotte right. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, it's like I, I watched the Buffs, and it's like the Monstars stole their talent. Dude, it is so <laughs> hard to watch. But I would just say, if they aren't going to play the tournament, I would appreciate them doing a selection process mm-hmm. just so we can say the Buffs made the tournament that year. You know? And Even who- though I've been telling people for weeks they were 100% locked to make the tournament. It's, you know, from a recruiting perspective, from an everything perspective, it would be nice to just be able to say they made the tournament. Well, a lot of schools hang banners for making the tournament, right? Or they add a year to the banner that says NCAA tournament appearances. It's a little thing, but that means something for a program. You know, they don't start the games until Thursday, right? Uh, Tuesday is the first four in Dayton. And actually, it was it was everything going down in Ohio and limiting the mass gatherings there that sort of started the dominoes falling because you have the first four in Dayton. What day is that? Uh, next Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. And, so, then, and then you have the first and second round, a sub-regional in Cleveland. 
So they have to make a decision. Fans are already affected. Yes. They've been told you're not going to be able to go anyway, so people are probably canceling travel or whatever. Luckily, the NCAA tournament, you don't know where you're traveling to until the last minute anyway, so people probably haven't booked anything yet. Right. Um, so the reason I, I say this is they have until Monday to make a decision, right? Conceivably, yes. Because play the teams would be traveling to Dayton or wherever they're mm-hmm. playing on Monday. So Monday morning, first thing would probably be the last. I that's why I just think do the selection show, um, and then make a decision after that. No reason not to, in my opinion. Yeah, unless you don't want the selection committee gathering together and all of those types of. At this point, the selection committee is already gathered. They're already sequestered in the hotel. So they're going By to halftime in, in this Big East game. And who knows if they're going to come out for that, the second half. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> Is there not someone somewhere saying, okay, we're going to cancel the tournament. Why make these kids play? Well, what's interesting is the Big East commissioner is Val Ackerman, the former WNBA commissioner, who's close and friends with a lot of people in the NBA offices. So... It's sort of fascinating that there hasn't been – maybe there has been communication, but it's sort of fascinating that Big East hasn't done anything yet. It's it's a bad look for them, honestly. It's – it reminds me, there was a – there were a few games that took place in the United States the weekend after 9-11. There were some smaller college football games. I think Jacksonville University played a home football game a few days after 9-11. Jacksonville, they just actually disbanded their football program recently, but Jacksonville was a non-scholarship at the time 1AA football team and hosted a game. But that was that was it, and it wasn't on television. It's just the whole, it just... I mean, I, everything about this is bizarre, that this game is going on, that you're looking at Madison Square Garden and there are literally 400 people in the stands. Just people who are close friends and family of the Creighton and St. John's players. I mean, the Big East tournament, usually it's used to performing in front of 19,000 people, even for the early afternoon session on Thursday. And so they just canceled the Big East tournament? Really, literally, as right after they walked off the court. Well, yes, that's when the news came down, just now. And so... Our- wow. Take your pick. Are they coming back out from halftime? I say no. There's no point. Yeah. I hate to say it, even though, you know what, even though I, you know what, those seniors had. Maybe they let the players vote. More. I mean, anything is on the table right now, right? Anything's on the table. So could they conceivably take a straw poll and say, do you guys want to finish or not? Wait, who, who had the report? I don't know. Just one of my friends texted me. Because I, I saw, them. yeah, I'm seeing reports that the Big West is canceling its tournament. From Jeff Goodman. Don't know for sure, but I believe my friend when he told nine me that. seconds. Of, yeah, Big East game at halftime. Still undecided. The Metro Atlantic Conference, the Mid Eastern Athletic Conference, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Everybody else has canceled. Crazy. According to Jeff Goodman, uh, used to report on. Now he's, I think he's kind of a free agent reporter, but uh, has a report on a college basketball for CBS for a while over the years. This is nuts. (laughs) 
either way. So it's hit all. It's hitting all the small conferences now. Almost all the small conferences that were left to play because in, in the last, just literally the last twenty minutes or so, we've seen uh, the America East has canceled, the Southland Conference has canceled. It's we're, we're down to the th- we're down to three tournaments plus. We'll see about the Big East and what that was. NHL is still on. As they far were, as we know. but they're supposed to meet at. 11 a.m. Mountain Time. It's actually, as we record this, it's 10.56 a.m. Mountain Time. They were going to meet or have a conference call to decide what to do. So I think before the end of this business day, we're going to learn that the NHL has suspended its season two. So, Which is interesting. Let's say they suspend the season, and then they pick up and they start the playoffs based on the current standings. The Avs get screwed because they played one few, one less game than the Blues. Yep, and they are they're two points back in the standings. Yep, that presumably you could make up with one game. Right, but that would be a tie. I wonder what they would be with the tiebreaker. Uh, I think the tie is to the t- is to the team that has the most wins. Like and for, that would like, be the Avs. Yes, exactly. Like for example, when I looked last night, I saw that I believe the Canucks and Predators were tied on points for what would be the eighth seed, but the Canucks have more wins. So, real quick, just to update you, the the scoop on the Big East came from, and, and this is not as reliable as a big source, but it came from one of the players of Providence's dad. Okay. Who tweeted out that they were told they're not playing today. Okay, so Providence is not playing. So we we so they've canceled the tournament. We don't know if they're going to come back and play the second half of. Creighton St. John's. I know this is in the weeds and I know this is not football, but this is just I'm going to think I'm going to regard this podcast as a little like a time capsule. Like an earmark this, on history. Right. This is a this is like an eyewitness to history in the moment. Yeah. I, I Big mean, East cancels conference tournament there. It just was announced on FS1. So I'm going to bet that they do not play the rest of this yeah. game. But but again, why wait till halftime? I mean, the whole thing is crazy. They were just going out there and effectively playing a ghost game. Yeah, you know how they say like ghost film in football, like the week seventeen film is ghost film because yeah, if yeah. you miss the playoffs, nobody's breaking down the film. You're just going home. We just saw a ghost game or a ghost half of basketball. Do you think they should allow the players? I mean. From a contact standpoint, they've already all mm-hmm. been out there. So if you're going to get sick, it's already happened. If there's going to be transmission, it's already, presumably it's already happened. If they cancel this game and then don't play the, the NCAA tournament, the last college basketball game of the whole entire year will have been CU blowing it to Washington State. The last complete game, you're yes. right. Damn it. I thought about Hopefully that last the, night too. That maybe what, the Big East did the Buffs a ter- uh, favor too. That this will be the last game that anyone remembers. Yeah, we can live in the world where CU, kind of like a team that they remind me of, twenty oh five oh six NC State. It was Herb Sendek's last team there. State went into a similar funk that CU did at the end. A good team that just kind of melted down, and State managed to turn around and win a game in the tournament. So. If there is no NCAA tournament, I'm going to live in the fantasy world where where Tad Boyle pulled off what Herb Sendak did that year. I believe State beat Cal in the first round, and 
willed the Buffs to a win and stop the streak before they fell, presumably, to a number one seed. Let's say, uh, I don't know, let's just say they played Gonzaga and lost in round two. There you go. Unreal. Let's live in that fantasy world <laughs> where the, the right, Buffs, win, the buffs again, win one game against a nine seed so or an eight seed. Pick your mediocre Big Ten team because there are a lot of them. Yep. That's why that tournament was going to be so fun, the Big Ten tournament, because everybody was so close. Nobody had a damn clue who I was going to go. And oh, by the way, speaking of the Big Ten tournament, one of the things that I'll that will be seared in my mind is Fred Hoiberg, who turned out to have influenza A, not coronavirus, visibly on the sideline last night, sweating struggling with his breath, blowing his nose, the whole thing, visibly ill and coaching, I and mean, then him going to the hospital while the game was still going on. How – some of these things, I just don't understand how they happen. How did uh, the Jazz and the Thunder get to the stadium and, and act like they were going to play a game? Like, people knew that Rudy Gobert was sick. Right. How did they not – Act with more precaution in that scenario. Maybe they were waiting for the test results. Right. To find okay. out whether Delay it was, the game until yeah. the f- test results come in. What had been delayed, right? Because they announced the postponement at about uh, 7.40 or so. What I'm saying so is they knew he was sick Central at time. noon. Yes. Tell everyone to stay home. And we're postponing the game until further notice. Uh, maybe they just, they didn't, the whole thing of, at this time yesterday, I feel like we were still in the whole thing of, okay, let's not have a panic. Yeah, that's fair. And ever since the go, does it not feel like that the Go Bear diagnosis was the tipping point? For changed everything. All this changed everything. Yeah, and and everyone was as always in these type of crisis scenarios. Everyone was waiting for someone else to do something. Right. The NBA's hand was forced. They had to be the first ones to do something, and then everything else came down after that. Rudy Gobert could play in the NBA for twenty years be a two-time finals MVP, a three-time MVP, and the first thing anyone's going to remember about him is basically being the NBA's patient zero. Crazy. Insane. Yep. Uh, This is totally off the sports grid, and we'll move on to the questions here in a second. Um, They opened up that drive-through testing center in Colorado. Yes. Oh, It's open for four hours, right? It's open from 10 to 2. The line... Is four over four hours long. God. So people, I, I assume what's going to happen is someone's going to sit in their car four hours and not even get tested. I can't believe that in this society we can't figure out a way to have enough tests. It's crazy right now. It, it really is. It's just that's every, another discussion entirely. Yes, everything that's happening. That. Well, I don't know about you, Mace. I could use a beer. I could, too, and I know what kind of beer I could use right now. I could use a Strawberry Sky. Oh, strawberry Sky can make every day a little bit brighter. It's cloudy, but it's warm, so it feels like a Strawberry Sky kind of day. Yeah. Uh, it, we all could use a beer, maybe even a little bit more. I'm going to have some Breck Brews when I get home. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those days where you need something to, to take the edge off a little bit. Breck Brew is always there for you in the same way that we try to always be there for you. So make sure you check out Breck Brew. Um, make sure that, you know, uh, you take a picture, send it our way, send tag Breck. 
all that good stuff. Uh, and also check out the green solution, 17 Colorado locations. Maybe that's the way that you want to cope with things. Uh, <laughs> express checkout, all of, all that good stuff. No waiting four hours at the green solution. Definitely not. Um, so make sure you check them out and use the code DNVR20 to get 20% off at checkout. All right, Mace. Well, we got questions. When we got questions, we usually have answers. So let's hop in to the questions and see what, what's on the minds of the people today. And maybe we can, they can help us get into a more football-related discussion. Absolutely. And by the way, thank you, as always, for writing with us and sharing your thoughts. means the world to us. R.D. Dollywall, Elway, is being generous and says you three together can have a round on the house, Ooh. meaning you can pick all the Broncos draft picks for a couple of rounds. Which rounds would you guys go for? Option one, rounds one and two. So you get two total picks. Option two, rounds three through seven, nine total picks. What option do you guys think would affect the Broncos more for the long haul? Take care and keep washing your hands consistently throughout the day. I think we're going to be different on this. I do too. I would prefer rounds one and two. And with all respect to those making the draft decisions, I feel like I could make some very good decisions on value players in rounds three through seven. And I'd get my punter. How about this? <laughs> Zach and I, because I think he'd be on my side in this. Yeah. Zach and I get to take the first and second rounds. Happy to do it. I trust you guys with that. And then you and Andre can have rounds three through seven. Oh. We'd have a couple of knockdown drag outs, but I think we'd, you'd be very happy what we came up with. I think so, too. That's a great question, though. I love That's it. That's awesome. Count Locula Mace. In light of your late-round draftee success stats, what the, what's the best we could realistically do by packaging our 5th, 6th, 7th-round picks and moving up to get players with more statistical viability? Let's say we end up with 7 total picks. What would that look like? Love the count. So let's say 7 total picks. That would mean you hang on to what you've got rounds 1 through 3, and then you have round 4, the one that you did not trade to the Jaguars for A.J. Boye. So if you took the rest of the picks and packaged them, you're probably looking at getting a four, a high four, maybe a low three at best. More likely a high four. Those seventh-round picks are worth nothing in terms of draft currency. On the point value chart, they're like one point apiece. They're lottery tickets. They're nothing. So you could take probably the picks in rounds five through seven and get another fourth-round pick. So you have seven selections in the first four rounds. That's what it would look like. Yeah. Uh, real quick. Privately, apparently, NHL teams are looking into the availability at their are being told to look into the availability at their stadiums in July. That leads to the discussion of suspension and NBA teams had apparently been told the same thing. So, you know, I'm obviously a silver linings guy. It, summer sports yes oh that's my. exactly yeah the silver lining is that june and july are going to be the best june and july in sports history how cool if this like, works out if, uh, if this ends up happening this ho way hopefully this thing passes yeah. the, the smallest amount of lives are taken mm -hmm. and when we all get through it june and july are the coolest sports months on record not to mention everyone's going to be starved for sports yeah you're gonna be in the heart of baseball season as well everyone on top of it games will start mattering everyone 
come back together. You know, people are excited to be out and about. And we all uh, have the, the most fun sports summer ever. You know what? And I don't think it could be pulled off because there are so many moving parts. But imagine, like, let's say you got the NBA playoffs going on, but you decide, you know what? It's summer, so we could pull this off in the evening. Why don't we play a Nuggets playoff game in the middle of Empower Field? Put the court oh down. Oh, my God. And get 80,000 people outside for a Nuggets game. You know what? I, How amazing would that be? It would be crazy. <laughs> I was actually thinking yesterday, and this was not realistic at all, but I was thinking, I was thinking um, maybe they, if there's going to be no fans at the games anyway, why not play at Rucker Park? Why not play a game at on Venice Beach? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, joking with a friend of mine on Twitter yesterday. They're going to play the tournament. If, if they play the NCAA tournament, why bother having it in the arenas? You know, they've got a sub-regional in Greensboro. Shoot, just go, go play at the Greensboro YMCA. Mace? Why not? Oh, this is the tape delay from last night. This is St. John's oh, Georgetown. Oh, okay, okay. Now okay. they've tr- FS1 has turned to the filler programming, which is re-airing the first night of the Big East tournament. An, a, a completely meaningless game. Yeah, but they went to the second half. The hilarious thing is they just started the St. John's Georgetown tape after halftime. So I wonder if they feel like they could fool some people. They had me. Yeah. We don't don't have the sound on. I looked up at the clock, and the clock was ticking down from 20 in the second half. The scoreboard bug on the screen, the colors are very similar. Georgetown is navy, and Creighton is royal blue. But that was all that changed. And Georgetown's wearing gray, and Creighton's wearing white. But you, if you're just seeing it out of the corner of your eye, you might think they started the second half of St. John's Creighton. No, it's done. This That's is hilarious. A dis- there's a lot of things to talk about, as we just showed in our first segment. They do not need to go to the tape of an exhibition game. No, I don't know why. This is where you just say, okay, we, we're, we're paying our talking heads for a reason. Mm-hmm. To, to talk right now about breaking news in the sports world and the world beyond let them do that all right let's let's continue with the questions here because i know that you got to be somewhere from aquaman congrats on the new bar can't wait for free uh the fantasy draft to be at the dnvr bar Oh, that sounds awesome yeah it's gonna be great what do you think of the idea of lifetime members getting an uh item on the menu named after them i've been thinking of becoming a lifetime member and i know the aqua manhattan <laughs> being on the menu would push me over the top lol it would be a rye manhattan heavy on the rye light on the vermouth well it would be a great idea but if we had to give a menu item to every lifetime member we'd have to create like five new menus it would look like the menu at one of those diners that you walk into and <laughs> it's like 10 pages so thick. You, you're like no i didn't want the bible i wanted the menu <laughs> um the cheesecake factory is like that too yes it's like five pages i'm like wait you're telling me you guys serve burgers jambalaya um tacos something for everybody yeah although i I remain you're everything you're nothing yeah exactly i I remain happy to offer my pimento cheese recipe for uh specials like when the broncos are playing the panthers or somebody you know i like it uh, he goes on, despite Zach's awesome free agency plan, I still think we should get a number two ride receiver in free agency and draft a potential 1A slash B receiver in the draft. Rookie wide receivers are typically not that good. 
So having a veteran starter while the rookie trains up seems smart to me. Do you guys agree? And who would you like as a reasonably priced veteran wide receiver? I'm still on the Paul Richardson train as a veteran wide receiver who basically allows you to play CYA at the position until you get somebody who's ready to step in. Yeah. I mean, you don't ever have to convince me on a buff. I, I know. And admittedly, I love P. Rich coming out. Dude. He was, he was actually, awesome. I, I'll admit, this was a draft miss for me because he was my second favorite receiver in that class. Not the best, but my second favorite. My favorite was Jarvis Landry. Mm. My second favorite was Paul Richardson. P. Rich had a game in college where he went for like 280 yards. Yeah. It was insane. He, it was like they couldn't touch him. All right. Um, the next one comes from the Sandy Man. I don't know much about Jordan Palmer, but I hear he's kind of a quarterback guru. So hearing that Drew Locke is working with him really excites me. I feel like the kid is taking all the right steps, talking to Manning and working with the right people. What can you tell me about Jordan Palmer and who has he worked with in the past? Locke has passed the eye test. Seems like he's passing the mental test. Just super excited for him to ball out. Keep up the good work, y'all. Worked with the Allens, both Kyle and Josh, no relation. Worked, of course, with Drew Locke, like you mentioned. Working with Joe Burrow and also Steven Montez. Mm -hmm. This year, so Jordan Palmer was up in Boulder for Pro Day on Wednesday. The thing with Jordan Palmer, of course, he's Carson Palmer's younger brother. He had a cup of coffee kicking around as a backup uh, in the NFL for a little bit. Jordan Palmer is really big on footwork and has and ha does a series of drills to help players kind of improve their footwork. The goal is to make sure you've refined the feet enough to where you're doing the right things in terms of footwork and setting your base and you're not thinking about them. And typically that improves your accuracy. I think one reason why Jordan Palmer kind of selected Steven Montez from CU in particular this year is he thought that working on the base would help Montez become more accurate. And the same thing also for Drew Locke because Locke had some accuracy issues at Mizzou. Some of that uh, was on the base of not having his feet properly set. Drew Locke appears to have become a more accurate passer. I love the fact that he worked with uh, Jordan Palmer. I love the fact that Drew Locke has access to so many bright minds when it comes to quarterbacking, that he can talk to Peyton Manning. He can talk to Jordan Palmer. Heck, he can go talk to John Elway in the building about the guts of being a quarterback. It's one re it's something that gives me hope for Drew Locke is the minds that he has around him. Totally. From Iceman, hey friends, thanks for the wolf drinking opportunity. Ooh. <laughs> if I were young enough to do bar crawls, I would probably make DNVR my friend's bar. But alas, I'm not the hanging in bars type, but I like BST. I will be by to check out your new crib, hopefully with Mrs. Iceman. Zach, we don't need Trevor beating out Drew to be the starter. So let's bring back TRT to truly back up Andrew. Yeah, Zach wanted uh, Trevor Simeon. Oh my God. We know how he can win you a lot of games if Drew goes down and he can still produce, uh, produce his MLB career. Oh, he's saying we should bring in Tebow. Timothy R. Tebow, yes. R Richard. Yep. Uh, no. No. Win-win, <laughs> uh, go Denver, DNVR, Bar, Dalton, Drew, Timmy. I want to see Tim Tebow as a quarterback. I just don't want to see him as a quarterback for the Denver Broncos. I'd like to see him as a quarterback for the reconstituted Denver Gold in the XFL. If the XFL survives, because it, I mean, uh, who knows the if poor the XFL. XFL. Yeah. Who knows if they, if that might be another victim of coronavirus. 
how are they going to sustain without any money from fans? Yeah, and it all has to come from fans because their broadcast contracts uh, offer uh, no money. Basically, uh, the networks pay for the production cost, but there's no rights fee. Now, supposedly Vin- Vince McMahon, when he cashed out close to a billion dollars, I believe, of al- of, uh, of WWE stock, he did so so he could finance the XFL for up to five years if it did not make a dime. Well, we might have that test right here of uh, what sort of fortitude Vince McMahon has to lose money because the XFL experiment might be put on hold for a year at best. This just came in from Jeff Passan. Um, Major League Baseball likely or is expected to suspend spring training, and they will likely delay the beginning of the regular season. Okay. Crazy, Just a question of how long they delay it. Yep. And I, I, know, I know that uh, there was talk around Major League Baseball this morning about extending the season, like pushing it back and the season going, regular season going into October, which would mean the baseball postseason going well into November. The late fall classic potentially this year. The winter classic. <laughs> Sorry, hockey. NHL, yeah, yeah. If that happens, hockey has to forfeit winter classic for a year. Sorry, hockey. And anyway, the Danimal. I'm only halfway through today's pod, so I don't have a football comment yet. But I have something important to report. Breck Brews have crossed the Mississippi. I'm Woo. in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Fayetteville for those who've survived it. Oh my At my favorite local barbecue joint, Vanilla Porter is now on the menu. We are unstoppable. And now I have a way to make it the rest of the year until I move home to the mile high a little bit more bearable. Yeah, Vietnam. That's it's the with all respect, it's the one city, the one decent sized city in North Carolina I probably wouldn't want to live in. Who plays there? Anyone? Oh no, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Right. Fayetteville has some minor league teams. Okay. They've got, I believe the minor league hockey team they have, it's or is it an arena football team? <laughs> they have a team called the Marksmen, but I'm not sure if they play football or hockey. It seems more like a hockey name because you got like, you know, sniper and that sort of stuff is a hockey term. Yeah, that's a good point. So, from Utah Bronco 101, first comment: Living in a Broncos desert, I was ex- crazy excited to find you before the combine last year. Subscribe during training camp. Thank you so much. Two Broncos fans since 1965. Three is for Mr. B. Thanks for the memories. Mm-hmm. Four have never doubted through three Super Bowl wins. Forget the losses. Five, you make my five days a week and more if I can listen a second time. Love you all. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. By the way, the Marksman, that's a hockey team. So good call on that one, RK. Thank you. Cutler, Orton, T-Bow Manning. Hey, guys. Thanks for the great content as usual. Mike Bronco's question for the day has to do with comp picks. I thought we would get more than one five and two sevens. My question would be how many Broncos of note were taken with comp picks, even if it was by another team. Also, a side question is how can I get some Breck brews up here in the great province of Ontario? Maybe you guys can send me some. Anyways, until next time. Okay. I've actually, I got an article on the DMVR.com. It doesn't go through. It actually lists all the Broncos comp picks. They've traded two comp picks. They did that back a couple of years ago, not for not as part of uh, trades that involve consequential players at this point being taken with the picks. But you can go through, see, 
there's a lot of names that the Broncos have taken that you've forgotten, but there's one big name right now in terms of the Broncos' plans that the Broncos selected with a comp pick, and that was Justin Simmons back in 2016. That's a good one. Very good one. The be- not the, the, the best value on comp picks is the aforementioned Trevor Simeon. Seventh-round pick, you got a season and a half of starting quarterback play out of him. But the best comp pick period for the Broncos is number 31. From open your 75. <laughs> First comment here. Been listening for a couple months and just subscribed for a year. Welcome. We got him. Got him. This is the best Broncos podcast. And that's right. You got me. I'm so excited to be a part of the family now. The wife and I will be planning a trip out to Colorado to see our first game at Mile High this season. We can't wait to see the DNVR bar and hopefully meet some of the DNVR family. Question, who do you think are the two best fit free agents for the Broncos this upcoming year? Whoever Mace picks, I'm guessing there is a 75% chance we get one of them. Keep up the great podcasts that get me through my long drives. Best fit isn't necessarily best player. Yes. Like, Princeton Mukamara is not the best cornerback on the market. But he is a great fit for the Broncos schematically and with his familiarity with Fangio. I also think Joe Schobert is a really great fit. I do, too. I don't necessarily think they're going to sign Schobert, but I think he fits exactly what the Broncos want to do and want to get out of their linebacker position. Schobert next to Alexander Johnson would frighten some people. That'd be awesome. I really just want them to sign him and him to get a sack and do a dance. So I can call him Joe Showboat. Ooh. And I was thinking he could call his dance the show, the Showbert Shuffle. Mm. It'll never live up to the song. But Showboat shuffle. is better. That's really good. From Dan, trade up for Ruggs Burke. Zach, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with your take on DJ Reader. He's way more than a two-down run stuffer, in my opinion. He doesn't have gaudy sack numbers, but he manages to get consistent pressure on the quarterback. He's not limited to being a nose tackle either. He was playing up and down the defensive line this last year, especially after Watt got hurt. I like him a lot and can see a career arc similar to Akeem Hicks being very realistic if he ends up in Fangio's defense. Plus, the stars were aligning, are aligning for him to sign here. He has two former teammates on the defense. He shares an agent with Vaughn. And he was there in person to see the beatdown lock put on his defense last year. Also, let me give L.A. props real quick for the A.J. Boye trade. Tom Pelissero reported that Trey Waynes is expected to get 12 to $16 million per year on his next contract. Yeah. $13 million for A.J. Boye is fine. D.J. Reader, I think part of the concern I do have on him, at 347 pounds, he's not somebody that you can use constantly. The, the wear and tear on the joints at that size means that you're going to have to use him where he can contribute the most. And while he does have some pass rush ability, he's a plugger that you're putting out there to make sure that you're keeping things clear for the inside linebackers to make plays against the run. Somebody who can occupy two blockers and still get a push uh, from the interior. So at 347 pounds, he plays what at most 55, 60% of the snaps at that size. Otherwise, the joints are going to basically not be able to handle that. So, this is a side note, but some of the branding just went in at the DNVR bar. Yeah. Oh my God. Look at this. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's quality right there. I mean, this. To see where this company is going and how many areas that we're uh, extending our tentacles into, 
man, this is fun. It really this is. This is amazing. I'm glad you caught. The, <laughs> I'm glad you caught the wave while it was still uh, building. I know. I I got in on the. I got well. I I I started at BSN Denver. That's the thing. Yep. I can say forever that I was a part of BSN Denver. I just got in under the wire. <laughs> That's what you Proud say. Proud to like, say that. Yeah, man. Way back in the day when we were uh, <laughs> BSN Denver. Oh, things were man. very different. Oh, I've I've got such pride in working here. It's just, man. It means a lot, you know. And it's a great team, and it's like you said earlier, it's a damn talented team, and everybody brings something unique to the table. That's the best part. It's like an orchestra. Everyone's playing a different instrument, but when you play the same piece, it's beautiful music. I completely agree, and and uh, I feel so lucky, and you know it's. Being a, in this position in a business has taught me a lot about sports as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of chemistry, are, you know, you, the, there's always those teams where when they win the championship, everyone just uh, like on the team says like, yeah, you know, there was this tipping point. We all became really a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. We all were family. We were hanging out outside. And like, I really think about that a lot when I look at our company, the, the camaraderie that we have inside the confines of our company in our slack room which is you know uh, for all intents and purposes a group chat it gets crazy in there it does get crazy in there but like it is so cool to me we really mirror that of those teams that i think say like we won the championship because of our chemistry we Mm -hmm. all get along top to bottom we're talking about a, a company with upwards of 30 employees and at least as far as i know Everyone likes each other. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing is we're all off covering our own beats, doing our own things. We don't have a lot of chance to get chance to get together as a as a group. And even when we do get together, all, sometimes one or two people are missing. It's the nature of what we do. But when a few of us get together, even if we're not seeing each other every day or even uh, more than once a month, it's like old friends. It really is. It really there, there's. And I think part of that is that chemistry. One thing that I can say, you talk about team building and looking at sports and so forth. Since I came to DMVR, I think I've uh, had a little bit of a change of perspective on how I feel about the importance of culture. Oh, yeah. I think it's more important. Now, I used to dismiss it a little bit. Not anymore. Yeah. Because I've seen a positive culture here. Yeah. I mean, locker room culture mm-hmm. is yep. just like um, workplace culture. It's been very illuminating. Um, and you know, we're going to be tested through this that is the truth. And, and I have them, the, not just, not our culture, but just our company is going to be tested through a time where sports are going to be taken away from us. But I have the utmost confidence in the people mm-hmm. around us and not just in the company, but the people that believe in us, the people that have, have supported us, the people that have showed their belief in us by subscribing right. and becoming members. I think that, uh, that we are so much stronger than a lot of places. And I, I think this is only going to bring this family, which is what we are, closer. I, I completely agree. And the, the fact that people have subscribed and believe in us, even if there are no games to talk about, we're still going to give you content. We're going to still give you what you crave on your teams, even while the sports world basically goes on pause. Yep. And we're in just full transparency, we're going to have a statement coming out later today about uh, our grand opening of the DNVR bar, which is, you know, inevitable that we're going to have to talk about that. Um, But I'll just tell you this, Mace, as this news has been coming down, as 
the world is being put on pause as sports are being taken away from us. The RSVP numbers for the grand opening kept have rising. just been going higher and higher and higher. <laughs> it's like, man, our community, our family is so incredible. And, and I don't know exactly what Friday is going to be like at this point, but all I know is that when the time comes, when it is appropriate, we are going to have the the celebration of the year. The party to end all parties. Yep, absolutely. That hopefully the start of something really big at the DMVR bar. All right, the next one is from Super Bowl, and he says, I know Zach mentioned something earlier this week about the coronavirus situation. I want to share how this has impacted my life. I work in a retirement community that has now emphasized to residents, family, and service providers that it, if it is not an absolute need to visit the property, to please wait until the virus is under control to visit. While we do not have any cases, this has increased fear amongst the people that live here. For good reason, too. About three weeks ago, a cold came through and took out the whole building. If there were to be a COVID-19 case here, I can only imagine the damage it could potentially cause. Please take this situation seriously, and please take the recommended steps to further prevent spread. Uh, despite whether or not you believe it's serious, there are many people who can have fatal risks at stake. Something uh, for preaching. Sorry for preaching. I am personally not concerned for myself, but the older adults in our country. And yeah, and that's the hardest part about this is Mace, you and I and Zach and a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are safely within the confines of people who likely won't be impacted greatly by this, even if we were to contract it. Right. But you know, and I've been reading Twitter and there's so much going on there. But one thing I saw is like, that's not the point. The point is we have to try to avoid getting it. So we aren't part of what's spreading it. Exactly. And anyone, if you're elderly, if you're, if you're immunocompromised. So, I mean, people who are battling chronic illnesses, doesn't matter your age, are vulnerable to this. And, yeah, it stinks having to, to call all this stuff off, but we have to think about more important matters. Public health, the health of those who would be more adversely affected by this than those of us who are in, in good health. These are the things that really matter. It's part of, I think, the test of us as a society. What's important to us right now? And I think the fact that we're all willing to kind of step, to take a step back and put things on pause that's i think the sports world frankly has stepped up really well yeah in the course of this crisis and in I, the I, end. I feel personally kind of lucky that it's not part of my day-to-day -day life to interact with those who right will be impacted by this in the worst ways just in the sense of oh i don't have a an elderly grandma that i have to take care of right. or even a young child, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's something that's uh, on your mind a lot. Like, it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable in the sense of, like, I don't have to f worry that I'm going out to work and coming back to, you know, my mom or someone who I could be spreading it. I don't know. It's just these are just the types of thoughts that are going through my mind. Well, fingers crossed that we all get through this. And I'm hopeful that if there are positives to be drawn from this, that one of them is that everyone that has maybe just let personal sanitation get a little bit lax, that this is a wake-up call. And I think about my daughter. She actually has some hand sanitizer in her backpack. And 
she's very like she's it, it was a reminder to her to hey wash your hands you know do do the abcs while you wash your hands mm-hmm. or sing a couple of song lyrics that I mean, sort it's of the thing. fight song see so you fight song i'm using space the final frontier these are the voices of the starship enterprise <laughs> it's so on brand. some people are talking about the dnvr oh the dnvr broncos theme yes that's good good folks at dnvr whatever it takes but well there was a there was a line in 20 in 2010 the movie about uh a wake-up call from the landlord. Maybe this is something to that degree. Well, as of two minutes ago, we are officially podcasting from full-on sports purgatory as the NHL has suspended their season. We still haven't heard from the XFL, have we? That's true. (laughs) I I can't fathom this. If you would have told me this... A couple of days ago. Yeah, a couple of days ago, I wouldn't have believed it. Six weeks ago, I would have said... Come on, you're t- you're you know talking about an apocalyptic scenario. Like it just it, it's an unfathomable thing that's going on. It happened so blindingly fast, right? And like we had heard about this, and we had talked about uh, this on the podcast when it first you know started going through. And even then, I just I had no idea the severity at which this could reach. Although once the NBA stuff started going down, it kind of hit me last night. I took my daughter to go see the SpongeBob musical at uh, the Denver Center for the Performing Arts. And on the way down, I passed by people going to the Avs game, and then we went into the theater to watch the show. And there were a fair amount of empty seats that wouldn't ordinarily be empty. But it sort of hit me, these might be the last mass gatherings in Denver for quite a while. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, from Denveria, hey, Mace. Sorry, but what are your what are compensatory picks and how do they get rewarded? Okay, compensatory. The quick, yeah, then the quick Cliff Notes the, version. The Cliff Notes version compensatory picks they're given to teams who have a net loss of players in unrestricted free agency, and they determine that based on the value of their contracts and their contributions over the course of the year. The Broncos were perceived they had some guys cancel each other out. For example, you lose Shaq Barrett; he had a great year, but then you sign Jawan James to a big contract. So that cancels each that cancels itself out. The NFL has a proprietary formula. They don't reveal it publicly. Over the cap has a good guesstimate on it and actually got the Broncos right with guessing a fifth rounder and two seventh rounders. They always they pretty much always get it right. Yeah. From Hank Hill's propane and propane accessories. Zach and RK would most likely agree. Peter is an idiot and Barb is the worst. Hashtag the bachelor. Agreed on both accounts. I read the recap. You know what? Wild. Barb, she stole the show. She actually did her son a great favor because... She took the target off him and put it on her. Exactly. Mace, I usually laugh at this show. I was incensed when I saw him get down on one knee and propose to Hannah Ann because I knew that he wasn't all in. That's effed up. Yeah. I was so mad because she was so happy and like she was just, she's so pure. And, uh. Even the part of the episode I saw before I fell asleep... And then woke up and saw some of it. I could tell that Peter and Madison had the stronger connection, despite all they disagree on. That there's something there. Yep. So hopefully it works out for them, despite Peter's crazy mom. All right. Two. Who do you think is the uh, first big name free agency that signs in free agency, and who is the big name you think slips the day two? First big name to sign. uh, I mean, there's going to be a bunch that kind of 
come rolling down the, the pike pretty quickly. Um, I think you'll see some. I think you'll see Teddy Bridgewater sign pretty quickly. Maybe he'll be the first quarterback domino. He'll because maybe he gets a starting spot. Maybe he doesn't, but he may want to leap and make sure he gets that starting spot. A big name that slips today to to or today to or wave to. I could see Melvin Gordon slipping a little bit. Mm, for sure. Um, he says three. If freaking Rudy Gobert doesn't fondle every microphone at the press conferences, <laughs> we still probably have an NBA season right now. Yeah. And who knows if that's what it was, but it, it sure is a pretty ugly-looking smoking gun. Yes, it is. Pick tosser 66. 75. 75. 75. Just change your name to pick tosser 75 already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping since I used the bat signal that Mace, Mr. Mason was called upon to this one. In 1982 and at a young six years old is when I began to start following sports and forming what would be my early allegiances to teams and players. So did I. That was my big year in 1982. Is when I first found these little presents that you could buy that each contained around 20 or so rectangular pieces of cardboard that had a photo of a player on one side and then every stat that you need to know about them as a player on the other. You even got their height, weight, birth date, place of birth. These things were awesome. My obsession began, and I started collecting as many as I could get my hands on. After opening every pack, I would pop the stick of gum that was usually cracked in my mouth and start soaring through my hall. I would first check out the picture first and then flip over the card to check out some stats. Of course, being a six-year-old, one of my first spots to look was the birthday to check for a match. One day, after I opened one of my first packs of 1982 tops, I came across a pic of this cool-looking outfielder from the Atlanta Braves. The pick wasn't an action shot, but a side view close up, and he just looked like a badass. So I flipped the card over and started scanning, and what do you know, a birthday match. This cool dude was going to be my favorite player. Little did I know that I just picked the best player in the league as my guy. I followed his games and seasons and made sure I trade for all his cards that any of my buddies had. He was a beast and had a five- or six-year run that you could put up against anyone. Unfortunately, his prime didn't last as long as I'd hoped, but it was pretty cool to see everything come back around when he was on the roster of my hometown team's inaugural season for his final year. Mace, you had mentioned a few weeks back that your favorite athlete was Dale Murphy, and my favorite baseball player happened to be the same. Thought I would share this today on our birthday. Sorry, guys, for the long comment, but it's my birthday, so I can do whatever I want. Happy birthday, Pig Tosser. Happy birthday. You chose wisely, to say the least. Dale Murphy, there's a guy that hasn't let anyone down in terms of the kind of person he's been over the course of his life. Not to be confused with Daniel Murphy. Who has let people down. (laughs) (laughs) From Thick Fangio. Well, butter my rump and call me toast. I tried these microwaved eggs, and I would be lying if I said I was disappointed. I'll be doing this at least 75 more times, and all the skeptics like me who tend to cook things the traditional way, open your eyes. Okay, I think I just decided what I'm doing for lunch when I got to (laughs) go wait for the roofer to come to the house. Microwave those eggs. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a shot today. I recommend mixing in some cheese before you... uh... Okay. All right. I'm telling you guys, it's, it's easy. It's delicious. All right. Mace is going to have to uh, step away here. Yeah, sorry about that. I got an appointment at the house. Um, but, hey, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll do this. We'll keep on rocking. Like RK said, sports world may be stopping. This podcast is going to keep on rocking and rolling. We'll Abs- talk, talk to you tomorrow. All right. We'll talk to you then, Mason. Uh, I uh, got a few more questions here, so I'll just lightning round through here and uh, be here with you guys because that's what we do best. 
From SandMonkey27, good morning, gents. On the Derek Wolf topic, I remember on the old pods, we used to ask, would the Patriots make that move? I don't think re-signing Derek Wolf is a Patriots move. As much as it stinks from moving on from Wolf a year early rather than a year late, it's the correct call. Also, a draft question. With our past draft woes, do you think the Broncos were selecting guys based on the notion of developing them in, a simbr- in similar to the way Seattle drafts or were they just complete misses? Um, it's a good question. First of all, on the Derek Wolf thing. I think that you're right. I think that um, ta- uh, from what Derek Wolf has said, that he's going to expect about $10 million a year. It's just too much. It's too much. I want Derek Wolf around. I like Derek Wolf. He is an interesting character, but I like him. And I just think, you know, if he wants to go get his money, he's just going to have to do it elsewhere. And that's okay. It happens. But I think you're right. We don't. When guys get up to this age, you don't know when they're going to hit the cliff, and that's a lot of money for Derek Wolf. So I think you have to say thank you, but no thank you. As for the for the draft, I think the Broncos got really caught up in value, in the sense of, okay, well this guy fell for X, Y, and Z, but if we just take him, we can develop him, and we can get the character concerns taken care of, and this and that and the other thing. And uh, I think what happened was they just took too many risks. You know, I can't believe I'm citing him, but he did have some good things to say now and again. Mel Tucker said once on a podcast I was listening to that if you make one exception, you're going to make two exceptions. And as soon as you start making those exceptions, you're going to have a roster full of exceptions. And... The truth is when you take a guy with injury concerns or you take a guy with off-the-field concerns or whatever it is, it's an, it's kind of an exception. And, and you think, well, we're getting him in the fifth round. We can make an exception. Well, then you start doing it in the fourth and the third and the second and the first, and you got a roster full of exceptions. Um, and that's not going to work out well for you. I think the Broncos have done a really good job now of setting a standard and sticking to it. And as long as they stick with that plan – Maybe you don't get the guy at the 15th or the 25th pick sometime down the road that has number five pick potential, but you hit on the pick. And in the end, your misses hurt you more than the hits that aren't home runs. You know what I mean? Singles are a lot better than strikeouts. Doubles are a lot better than strikeouts, and triples are a lot better than strikeouts. So, um and don't come at me, analytical baseball Twitter. You know what I'm talking about. From Mr. Undrafted, I'm a mailman out in Utah, but I think moving back to Denver and working for the DNVR bar would be a good life and career change. Couldn't agree more. You guys need to come out here and maybe go to a jazz game. My treat when this whole coronavirus thing is over. Yeah, um, we are specifically not going to go to jazz games right now. Uh, but we can't go to any, which sucks. Um if you, hey, if you want to move out here and come uh, bartend at DNVR, hit us up. From Thick Fangio, I'm glad negative false positive said something because I almost forgot to say something about this. Vinegar-based barbecue sauce isn't barbecue sauce. I like my sauce like I like my women thick and spicy. My God. Um, uh, Mace isn't here to defend this, so I just feel bad. But I agree with you guys. Uh, sauce, vinegar-based. Well, there are some good ones, but I like – I do like <laughs> – my barbecue sauce on the thicker side i want it to you know when i when i dip something in it i want it to stick if you know what i mean not just drip 
from Rev G, am I the only one who arched an eyebrow at this news? Not because I think we should keep Derek at all costs, but I think this echoes the text from Johnny B and Derek. Do you think this lends credibility to those texts? If so, do you think the sale of the team is coming? I mean, I don't, I never felt like those were made up fake text. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't think Johnny B went that far out of his way to create attention, although I think he definitely is someone who craves that. Um, so, yeah, I do think it lends that. I think that um, the Broncos told him that they're going to let him test the waters, and that's when he said he's done. And maybe that was an emotional reaction at that time, and maybe he does end up coming back, but I never felt like those were uh, uncredible texts. Um with that said, I do think, as we've thought for a while now, I do think that that is the likely place where this is going. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion quite that they're going to sell the team, but I do think that is uh, the most likely scenario at this time. Next one here is from Just Ice Hold the Water. Hey, guys, so obviously what's going on in today's world and this whole coronavirus going on? Free agency is right around the corner, and I know that some owners, GMs, and coaches have meetings to attend. With these meetings and free agency and players uh, flying to visit other organizations will put a hold on the players, owners, and GM safeties. This is obviously impacting other sports like soccer and basketball in a big way. Is there any way this could impact the NFL in an immediate way like the rest of the sports world? Thanks, guys. Well, as of right now, we don't know. Um, they've said that they're going to go along with the way things are going. Who knows? You know, I keep thinking, okay, well, this is going to be the peak of – the way this impacts sports, and then we're going to start going back the other way, and that's why I kind of talked about the NCAA tournament waiting until Sunday to make something, uh, make an announcement, not because it, it means that everything's going to be fine by then, but just that things could be different. Everything's changing on an hour-to-hour basis. So as, right, as of right now, the NFL will go on. I'm sure they will take um, the, the necessary um, precautions and whatnot to make sure that they aren't putting people at risk, but it does seem like they're going to try and figure out a way to operate the new league year under a certain uh, uh, under certain parameters. For Mile High Mike, yes, 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 piano in the bar, please. I will personally come out from Vegas and play Piano Man for you, Mace. Can't wait to meet y'all. I love Piano Man. With Gotsa, Shelby, and Wolf possibly gone, who's our starting D-line? Draymond Jones, Mike Purcell, and Demarcus Walker should be around, but how do they fall on the depth chart? Obviously, LA will be looking around in the free agency in the draft. Yeah, it looks like the Broncos are going to try to add two free agents on the defensive line, maybe two medium, maybe one medium, a smaller name free agent. Um, We'll see, but they do have a lot to replace there, and then maybe they go that way in the draft as well. He goes on, so how do you predict our depth chart will look on the D-line come the start of the regular season? It's very early and hard to know who's going to be available later in the draft. Give it your best shot, and we'll take it with a grain of salt. By the way, love Zach's free agency move. Send it to Elway. I have spoken. Mile high Mike. Good stuff, Mile high Mike. Um, I don't know what what the D-line will look like at the beginning of the season. There's so many moving parts. I think that Draymond Jones will probably be a starter. I think that a guy like DJ Reader could be involved. I think that maybe they go that way in the draft. It, maybe we haven't talked about it enough in the first round. It's possible. Um, but the, the idea is and has been they're going to buy a defense and draft an offense. And that means probably two people on the defensive line in free agency. So we'll keep an eye out for that. All right, well, that is going to wrap it up for the questions, at least right now. Um, 
we'll see here for a second if any more are coming in. And want to give a shout out to Green Mountain Dental Group, who is giving away a Sonicare toothbrush uh, right now when you schedule a cleaning x-ray exam. They've always supported us, so it's always great for us to give back to those partners. If you need dental work in the Denver area right now, make sure you check out Green Mountain Dental Group. And if you need a drink, which you probably do, because I do, and I feel like everyone else does as well, then head over to Davidson's. It's a massive place, massive store, and they assuredly they are not sold out of whatever you need right now. There's a lot to go on, um, but check out Davidson's and support them and uh, stock up because who knows what could be happening next. Uh, I, I do want to really thank you guys for riding with us all the time, and, and there's been a lot of times where um, you guys have needed us and it's always really rewarding to me when you guys let us know that we were there for you, even if it's an indirect way. But I think right now is when we need you guys, you know, just as much as ever. Um, it's going to be a weird time for a company that relies on sports. We are sport. We're sports. That's what we do. We, but we also are community and, and for however long of a period of time, we're going to have to be a lot more about community than sports. While sports will always be the underlying um, entry point, I guess you could say, into what we do, um, this is going to be a lot about community for a while. And I have so much faith in this community and this family to band together in, in what is a time where we're all going to be looking left, looking right, saying, now what? And the one thing that I can promise you is that we will be here. Well, we will be creating for you. We will be trying to entertain you. We will be trying to give therapy when it's needed in, in the way that we do. Obviously not as licensed therapists, but you know what I mean. And so I just um, I am interested to see what's going to happen. But I know that no matter what, we'll be here for you. And I think that you guys are going to be there for us. I know that you guys are going to be there for us. So we uh, look forward to talking to you tomorrow. And... Hopefully, at some point, this whole world stops spinning out of control like it is right now. But no matter what, we'll be here, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. It's getting-